I'm Kate Daniels, and Laura Schroff joins us to reflect on her first book, An Invisible Thread, and reveal some of the stories that it inspired from readers just like us. Let's meet Laura to discover these angelic connections from Angels on Earth. Laura Schroff, good morning, and thank you so greatly for joining us this morning. Well, Kate, thank you so much for having me back on your show. I so appreciate it. Well, it's been much too long, but I guess sometimes that happens when the second book comes out. It takes us a little while to catch up with each other. And honestly, this is such a natural fit for numerous reasons. Of course, the most natural is speaking about angels on earth is just something that is so significant and important to each and every one of us. And then, of course, you know, just thinking of the season and the fact that Angels on Earth is now available in paperback, I always like to think of this season as a time to be thinking about gift-giving, and books are so naturally the most wonderful thing, the lasting thing to give our family and friends. Well, I certainly hope that your listeners will give angels honors to some of their family and friends. Well, I think once we share some of the content, touching on that will perhaps inspire them, uh, first of all, to have the book for their own use and really be able to revel in it. But as a gift, I think this is, the stories here are such encouragement that it's a gift beyond most gifts, I believe. Well, you know, the stories for me, were also a gift because, as you may recall, with an invisible thread, I had asked readers if they had their own invisible thread stories to share them with me. And before I knew it, I was receiving the most beautiful um, stories from readers. And, you know, they're just all so unique and special. And um, I feel so incredibly blessed to be able to have the opportunity to actually share these stories um, in Angels on Earth. And so the hardcover came out about a year ago. So there was a time, about five years, when you were then naturally collecting these stories. And do you have a sense of really the numbers of stories that came to you? Well, I would say there, you know, it's hard to really think of how many were sent to me, but I can tell you it was very difficult to come up with the 29 chapter angel stories. And the last chapter, which is chapter 30, is actually my story and how I have believed throughout this entire process that my mother, who passed away at the very young age of only 47 when I was 25, has been by my side and kind of steering me in this direction. Laura, what I feel happens with these stories is we begin to recognize that something happened in our life, or it might be happening now, and it really inspires or encourages us to be more aware of it. Well, you know, it's really true, because I believe when we open up our eyes and hearts to our surroundings, we'll see that these blessings are right in our path. And that's what's really happened with so many of the stories in Angels on Earth. These people had um, the opportunity to either be an angel to someone or for someone to be an angel to them. And often, oh, as you say that, it's one of those circles that happens that we become an angel, but it's one of those things that inspires forward, paying it forward in a way, or it just goes round and round. Well, there's a chapter in the book, and it's called The Helper's High, and it's by Dr. Dale Atkins. She has studied 
kindness for a very long time. And what she truly believes and what research shows is that kindness is actually contagious. And the more you do it, the more you want to do it over and over and over again. And it's just by incorporating even small little things into your life, by holding a door open for someone or looking at someone that you don't know and smiling, um, saying hello to someone in an elevator where you might normally keep your head down. But when you incorporate these acts of kindness into your life, you find that you want to do them over and over and over again. And I I loved that chapter. Uh, I loved all the chapters. <laughs> but this one uh, was important because it really reflected where you were perhaps questioning a bit. Is this really something that exists? Is it important? And that's where you found that, yes, there's been this research and it, there really is a foundation to it. And it really does make such a difference. It does. I do a lot of speaking at schools, and I actually love speaking at schools. And I have to say, students of all ages have really kind of stolen my heart. And we talk about kindness and how they can also incorporate kindness into their lives every day. And it can be something as simple as, you know, saying hello to a student that you might normally ignore or asking a student who's sitting by themselves and having lunch to join that person and their friends, or even thanking the custodian for keeping the school so clean, or the people who work in the cafeteria for serving them their lunch every day. And again, if you do this, it makes you feel good, and you want to do it over and over and over again. And that's the thing, is that with children, they are... Well, <laughs> sponges in that way. They are. Right? And and they love to take that. It makes complete sense to them. They like to take it and to move it forward and share it almost, well, instantly. They absolutely do, but sometimes they actually have to be reminded that, you know, kindness is something you need to think about. Um, sometimes it doesn't just come automatically, but I also believe it's never too soon to teach a child or a young person to be kind. And when you reflect back to over 30 years ago, back to what was the inspiration for your book, The Invisible Thread, and when you met Maurice, that kind of thing, you see how with a child, it made such a difference in his life. The connection is still there today for the two of you, but it made the world of difference in his life. Well, it also made a world of difference in my life. In fact, you know, I people used to say to me all the time that Maurice was so lucky to have met me, and I would always say I was so lucky to have met him. And I think that both of us really um, gave a gift to each other. And when I think back on the first day that I met Maurice, and he, you know, said to me, excuse me, lady, do you have any, any money that he was hungry, any spare change? You know, my, rig- my original reaction was to say no. And then I went back and I ended up, you know, taking him, as you know, out to lunch. And we wound up meeting every Monday for the next four years and hundreds of times thereafter. But we never could have imagined that little simple encounter that really not only changed his life but changed mine would have such an extraordinary ripple effect 
that it would also one day change the lives of his children, too. Absolutely. It's made this world of difference. And and then, as you say, it made such a difference in your life as well, Laura. That's the thing that we begin to be reminded of, that we get to see, if we're not completely aware of it in our life, is how... In the giving, we can't help but almost be the greater receiver of how this wor- this gifting works in our life. It's it's just beyond comprehension sometimes. You know, the first chapter in Angels on Earth, I I made it the first chapter because it's such a simple it was such a simple concept. And you know, people say to me all the time, "Well, you know, I don't have the time. Um, I just don't really know what to do." And I think that Drew Sanchez's chapter is a perfect example of, again, when you open up your eyes to your surroundings, you never know that this blessing will be right in front of you. And her story is just about how she was in a supermarket, and she saw a young mother with um, three small children, and the young boy had a calculator, and she could tell by the meager groceries she had in her basket that, unfortunately, um, she was on a very tight budget. And it kind of brought Drew back to when she was a young mother and how she was also single and struggling. And in that moment, she realized, I can make a difference. And even if I make a difference for just a moment, I can make a difference. So she went over to the woman and she said, I don't mean to offend you, but I would love to pay for your groceries. And the woman looked at her and started to cry and she thanked her. And they agreed that they would meet over by the cash register and when Drew waited for about 15 minutes. She thought maybe she was embarrassed. And she went over and she bought a gift card and found the young mother and her children in the produce area. And she said, listen, she said, you know, you might want to be, you know, spending a little bit more time in the supermarket, but I would love to give you this gift. And it was a gift certificate for $100. And she said, please, she said, use this for your groceries. And the mother started to cry, and she gave her this hug. And what really... Um, took Drew's breath away was when she started to walk away and the two young boys asked her to wait and she turned around and they went running up to her and gave her this huge hug and that hug was just a point in her life that she said she will never forget so you know when you had mentioned early on Kate how it is the holiday season and you know unfortunately there are so many people that are hurting and are you know living from paycheck to paycheck and for those who can afford to do it we can all make a difference during this holiday season yes absolutely even the you don't have to save the world in order to do do an act of kindness that is for sure Yes, absolutely. And and just thinking of that with the grocery and thinking of Maurice and thinking of one of the stories that really focuses on hunger, that is so, so uh, incredibly prevalent in our society that there is a way in, in even just small ways to be able to contribute and make a significant difference in, in a person's life. You know, the other story that I really, I loved, because again, it's pretty simple, but it's just so, so sweet, was the 25 tacos. Yes. When when Jose um, Velez was just only six years old, and fortunately his father passed away, and he left his mother and his children, unfortunately, in poverty. So 
Jose's mother would make um, tacos in the morning, and before Jose went to school, he had to sell these 25 tacos. And one day he came upon this woman who was working in the bus depot where he was hand, you know, trying to sell these tacos, and she started to talk to him. And she she asked him why he was in such a dangerous area, and she t- he told her that you know he needed to sell these tacos before he could go to school. And she said, well, why don't you come to me every day and I will buy the tacos that are left. And every morning he would go and however many tacos were left, she would purchase them from him just so that he could go to school. And we've kind of hoped that one day maybe this woman who was so kind and so sweet would um, read Angels on Earth and she would say, wow, I was that taco lady. Wouldn't that just be a, a that miracle? That would be amazing. <laughs> yes. That would be amazing. And that's the kind of thing, though, that we're aware of that happens is sometimes people come into someone's life and make such a difference, and one never knows what happens. But reading the stories, we realize that one act of kindness that we might think really doesn't make that much difference in our life can make just the the world of difference in another person's life. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago and he had mentioned how many years ago he was driving and his car was overheating and he was in a rush and he pulled over to the side of the street and out of the blue this man showed up with a jug filled with water and he said, let me help you out. And so this man helped him out by giving him the water in the jug, and he went on his way. And I said to him, how many years ago did that happen? He said it happened between 20 or 25 years ago. I said that man never could have imagined that 20 or 25 years ago that you would still be talking about that story. So he didn't know at the moment that he had made this profound impact on this man who needed water for his car. And yet this man, 25 years later, was talking about it. Yes. And sometimes there's the story of the two young women who were worked in a bookstore. Tell us that story, Laura. Oh, this is Jim Kettlewell's story. Oh, God bless Jim Kettlewell. Unfortunately, he passed away summer before Angels on Earth came out. But the strange thing about this story is that Jim Kettlewell was actually in a bookstore, and he was finishing An Invisible Thread when he overheard a young man talking on the telephone about um, that his paycheck was being delayed. And he was really pretty frantic because, again, he was someone who was living really from paycheck to paycheck, and he needed this paycheck. He had moved to this area, so he he was living in a hotel. He didn't have permanent housing yet. And he had a young child, and he was frantic, and he was actually calling shelters to see what shelters would allow him to live, to go into the shelter with his daughter. And um, Jim Kettlewell overheard the story. And he said, to the, he said to this young man, I can help you. Jim's father was a pastor, and Jim could feel this tug at his heart. And Jim took this young man to the ATM machine. He didn't question how he was going to spend the money, but he hoped that, you know, it wasn't his... It wasn't his it wasn't his um, job to really question how he was spending it, but he really believed that this man in that moment was really hurting, and he took out $300 and 
and gave it to the stranger. And the stranger wanted to, you know, wanted his telephone number and his address so he could send it to him at, at a later date. And Jim basically just said, you know, no, someday when you are more on your feet, he said, just pay it forward, like that beautiful book, Pay It Forward. Yes. And so that one moment in time, we don't know what happens into the future, but just like with the water jug, you know, we, we just expect that good will continue to be happening in people's lives, which leads me to you're also commenting how the scars, the pains in our life don't have to be the things that will weigh us down and, and hold us back. Sometimes they are the things that are the catalyst that will make us uh, do good things and help others who have had perhaps similar sorts of things. Absolutely. You know, one of the stories actually in An Invisible Thread that I loved, I will always love, is when I took Maurice to my sister's house out on Long Island. It was the first time he had ever been outside of New York City. He loved playing on the swings with Colette, Derrick, and Brooke, and he loved going for a bike ride. But when we were driving home that night, I said to him, you know, what was the favorite part of your day? And he said to me, oh, Miss Laura, I love that room. I said, what room? He said, you know that room where we had that fancy dinner? I said, oh, I said, that's called a dining room. I said, why did you like that room so much? He said, I thought the food was really good. He said, but I loved how everybody was laughing and talking. He said, you know, someday, he said, when I grow up, I want to have a room just like that. And I didn't know the profound impact that that had on him until many, many years later when I went to his apartment. And he did not have a living room. He had a dining room with a large dining room table where he and his family loved to hang out. So sometimes when we do these things, we don't even know that you're having an impact until many, many years later. And isn't that, that yeah. is yeah, it's so beautiful. I know. He has a large dining room table. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have a living room. But yet, you know, we just couldn't imagine how sitting at a dining room table would have such a profound impact for a little boy from a shelter hotel. Oh, yes. And, and that's why sometimes these gifts just um, are, are so much greater than we can imagine. I, I think of a, a, one of the stories, I'm not remembering now which one it was, where a little boy from across the street came to this family, and uh, he was not very well taken care of at his home, but he loved to come into their home, and he'd walk around and, and would touch the drapes because, obviously, he had not seen that in his own home, but it was so significant for him. Well, that, you know, and that's, the, that's what's so amazing is things that we take so for granted are things that happen to other, these happen to these children that they don't, that they are amazed by it. I mean, Chapter 2, The Garage Door with Laura Chambers and how she took two little girls to her home and when... Laura hit the button to open up the garage door. They thought it was magic. They couldn't believe that just the hit of a button would open up this garage door. And that's really how they bonded. It was in the garage while they were playing with the garage door opener. So things that we take so for granted um, in our everyday lives 
sometimes are the things that take the breath away from a young person who's never experienced that before. And those kinds of things come very simply in these many of these cases, taking time to spend time with each other. Just that is such an incredible gift that some children, families are overwhelmed. We maybe can see a place where we can help out the neighbor, the person across the street, someone maybe in our child's classroom who needs uh, a little extra time and compassion. Right. The um, Annie Bonner story is another very cute one, and that's um, it is the it is the neighbor and how she moved to a Seattle neighborhood and she had an infant son Peter, and she ended up befriending this woman Shirley, who was an elderly woman. But Shirley had the most incredible stories, and Annie would love to go over with Peter and um, listen to these stories, and Shirley loved having this company but for annie and peter she became like an extension of their own family and and that's it too it it's age is irrelevant because here yes it was she became a, a, like an honorary grandmother oh she did right. and they loved her dearly yes so there are those sorts of bonds that made such a difference in this elderly woman's life, as it turns out, really in the final years of her life, and what a special bond that the young Peter would still remember uh, it, as significant for his life. Absolutely. Yes. So there are so many stories here that are are just a good reminder for us of, oh, how we might just see with different eyes, see from inside our hearts, the world around us, and, and find the way that we're perhaps being tugged or or just have that sensation that I'm being called to do something. You know, and that's what I really kind of hope, that I hope that, you know, Angels on Earth will be this sweet reminder how we can activate these invisible thread connections by just being an angel to someone. And, you know, times are pretty tough. You know, times are pretty crazy right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, angels on earth is just a reminder of how we all have to be very conscious of being kind to one another. And by doing that, we can be an angel to someone. We can. And that's why I think of this as being such an incredible gift uh, that it's one that will have invaluable meaning and uh, potentially make such incredible changes for a person's life. And as we can see, it impacts others as well. And that gift, that feeling, that compassion and kindness keep giving and giving and rolling forward. Well, imagine, Kate, how fortunate I feel that people you know, would actually reach out to me and share their own invisible thread stories with me. And when I hear people say, I keep your book by my bedside and I read one chapter a night because it's such a nice way to kind of end my day, imagine how blessed I feel. I mean, talk about a gift. It's amazing to me. And so I I can't even imagine because I'm feel so blessed and touched with the stories to be the one who's then compiled this uh 
it it's great, Laura. But it's wonderful that you have then used your talents to do that and put this forward. And we should mention your website because that's a, a great source of information. Uh, yeah, and actually on the website, too, I, um, there is a section where you can actually meet the angels. So there's pictures of all of the people who are in actually Angels on Earth. And my website is laurashroff, S-C-H-R-O-F-F dot com. Of course, I always love to encourage people to go to their local bookstore because we love these bookstores. Or they can, you know, purchase the book online at Barnes & Noble or, you know, Amazon. Absolutely. But really, seriously, consider this as a very special gift for yourself to begin with and then for other important people in your life. Let's have you share with us another one of the stories. I thought this one was so incredible. The Five, because it's so much about healing. Oh, The Five. Um, You know, that's Robin Tartarkin's story. And, you know, unfortunately, when she was a young little girl, her mother died of cancer. And her father really kind of just sent her off to boarding school and she lived this life that was very empty and it was you know she got married and she had children but still there was this incredible need and one day her son brought home some of the football players on the team at school and these were all great boys and she realized that they just didn't have the direction that they needed and she was determined to help these five boys get into college and she did and she realized that she was finally filling her heart after all those years of feeling like she was just missing something. But it was her mission to really help these five boys get into college. And it's another really sweet story. And I really do love that one, in particular for that piece where she had been empty. She had that loss in her formative years. She didn't have anyone there. Here was this opportunity. She didn't go searching for something to do this, but the way that that thread showed up in her life, it just kept unfolding and unfolding, and she went on beyond that, right, that she now mentors young girls as well. I mean, she finally was able to put her past. I mean, she was only 14 when her mother died, and that's a really, really difficult time. And she only had one brother, and she had her father, but the father really wasn't really interested in parenting and, you know, sent her away to school. And she just never felt like she belonged anywhere until she met these five boys. And she had a family of her own that she loved dearly, but she still had this empty heart. And all of a sudden, she realized that this was what she was meant to do. She was meant to try to help these boys because in some ways she could see herself in them. And now she goes on to mentor young girls, and she's an amazing woman. But she was determined to help these boys because she did not have that in her life. And that's how she wanted to make a difference. And there's the encouragement for any and for all of us is really discovering how we can become fulfilled, we can become healed, we can just grow to be such greater people, really noticing the world around us. I think that's what the stories really get us to realize is just 
look around, listen, and we will have that experience potentially countless times in our lives. You know, and that's really kind of what happened with me. I did not know that my life was empty. I was so preoccupied with moving up the career ladder. And, you know, I lived in my own little bubble. And it wasn't until I actually met Maurice that I realized that there was so much that I was missing in my life. But it wasn't like I went out looking for this. It was there, and it was right in front of me. And I think about it all the time, and I thank God or my mother for giving me the opportunity to be able to see that I could make a difference. But it wasn't like at that moment I thought, oh, this is a young boy, and I can make a difference in his life. I met this young boy, and I loved spending time with him. And he was giving me this incredible gift to be able to be with him. And, you know, we created all of these Monday night rituals that we so enjoyed, you know, simple things like just baking cookies. But we got together every Monday for four years and hundreds of times thereafter. But again, when I first met him, I didn't know that that was our journey and that it was really kind of meant to be. The other thing that I love in the book, I talk about selfies. And everyone's become pretty obsessed with taking selfies. And selfies are great. But the problem with taking a selfie is you turn that camera inward. But when you decide to turn that camera outward, you get such a much larger picture of life than when you turn it inward. So beautiful. And we know, as you mentioned so importantly earlier, Laura, the world needs this. There's so much work that can be done, and it can be done by each of us with simple acts. And I believe that's what you are helping us to see, Laura. Well, thank you so much, Kate. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you, the fact that you've taken this time with us this morning, and we'll encourage everyone again, get your own copy of Angels on Earth. Thank you, Kate.